Hello and welcome to the VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged podcast. My name is Bill Roth, Director of Cloud Economics. With me today are Saigal Palan, Product Marketing for VMware's Cloud Platform team, and our special guest, Brian Graff, Senior Technical Marketing Architect with VMware's Cloud Platform team. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you uh, so, We'll start with Sai. We want to provide some context for our listeners. Tell me why VMware decided to partner with AWS. So this was a customer-driven request. Um, two years back, a little over two years back, um, basically VMware customers as well as AWS customers, uh, many of them were joined and they basically said that, hey, give us a solution that gives uh, the best of both worlds uh, to us gives the best of VMware's technologies and the best of AWS's technologies and uh, doesn't make us choose between the two. And that's where this specific partnership came about. And VMware Cloud on AWS is the product that arose out of this partnership. Excellent. Tell us a little bit more. I mean, what actually is it? How do the two products come together? Absolutely. So when you actually look at it, basically what we are doing is we are bringing the uh, the best of VMware technologies, uh, the software-defined data center technologies with vSphere, vSAN, NSX, and we are delivering it as a cloud service on AWS bare metal infrastructure. Now, this is AWS's bare metal infrastructure. What that means is that we are not running ESXi in a nested fashion. This is running directly on the AWS servers, physical servers. And because this is a cloud service, essentially what you have is um, you basically do not need to manage any of the infrastructure lifecycle of vSphere, vSAN, NSX, vCenter server. All of that is done by VMware. And customers get on-demand capacity and flexible consumption models with, you know, either they can choose a hourly on-demand model or they can, you know, subscribe to a one or a three-year term and they get uh, you know, additional discounts over the on-demand pricing, 30% over the on-demand pricing for the one-year subscription, and 50% over the on-demand pricing for the three-year subscription. Now, because we are basing everything off of vCenter and vSphere APIs, customers get complete operational consistency with their on-premises infrastructure. Now, this is huge because now these customers, they do not need to relearn new tools they do not need to uh, you know, invest in new operational processes. All of it is completely consistent. So there is no rework tax. Literally, what you can do is you can go on to VMware Cloud on AWS. It takes about two hours to uh, spin up an entire SDDC. In fact, it's lesser. Uh, and uh, you can get a vCenter login and you can operate just the way you would do on-premises. The, the really cool thing about this is that because it's vSphere on both sides of the equation, Essentially, customers get complete, seamless, large-scale workload portability. Uh, it's as simple as doing a right-click and doing a vMotion of a virtual machine that's running on-premises to VMware Cloud on AWS and back. Um, and uh, you know, because you know it's built on vCenter and vSphere APIs, if you have invested in tools such as we realize, uh, you know, operations, we realize automations, or if you have invested in third-party technology solutions, many of our customers have, these would continue to work on VMware Cloud and AWS. Now, the really cool thing about this is that VMware Cloud and AWS is now available in 16 global AWS regions to serve the needs of our uh, global and multinational customers, as well as our regional customers. 
uh, you know, you know, when we first did the launch of the initial availability, it was available in one region. Over the last, you know, little over one and a half, two years, we've actually expanded to 16 regions at a really rapid pace. Now, with VMware Cloud on AWS, uh, we don't just stop with giving the power of VMware software-defined data center technologies running on AWS's global infrastructure. What we do is we also give customers the ability to access native AWS services in an integrated fashion from the virtual machines that are running inside of there. So what this really allows opening up uh, uh, a, a paradigm of integrated application modernization where you might want to like move your enterprise applications over to VMware Cloud and AWS and then extend the value of those applications with native AWS services. So really powerful over there. Excellent. So talk to me about the use cases. What are the sort of most prominent use cases when people use this? I'm glad you asked, Bill. So when we look at it, uh, we have a whole wide variety of uh, use cases where VMware Cloud and AWS is aligned to the customer's needs, right? So the first one is around data center extension. This is really for customers who want to basically, uh, you know, leverage the cloud for specific things. They, are, they have their center of mass in the private cloud on-premises. They may want to like expand uh, to a new geography. They don't want to invest in new data center uh, hardware. And you know they can basically use VMware Cloud and AWS as a consistent uh, environment um, as a footprint expansion uh, project, or they can leverage like on-demand capacity. There are other customers that want to basically scale their virtual desktop environments to VMware Cloud and AWS. Others want to be able to use VMware Cloud and AWS for doing their test dev um, uh, uh, you know projects, right? Uh, the second set of use cases is really around disaster recovery, and this is for customers that either don't have a DR strategy in place and want to leverage a cloud-based DR. They want to be able to replace the secondary DR site uh, with a cloud-based DR. Uh, and then, you know, there's a third category, which is really about, uh, you know, utilizing VMware Cloud on AWS and VMware Site Recovery as a complement to the existing DR solutions on-prem. Now, the, the most important use case that we are seeing right now is cloud migration. And this is really um, the, you know, the crux and the killer use case where basically customers are able to move large-scale data, uh, data center worth workloads over to VMware Cloud and AWS without any re-architecture, without any refactoring, simply using VMware HCX. And you know, there are other customers that want to move specific applications over to the cloud, such as business-critical applications, right? And then there's a last category of, uh, of uh, use cases, which is really designed around next generation applications. And this is about the fact that I was talking about like application modernization, right? Moving your enterprise applications, extending the value of them using native AWS services or building new applications or hybrid applications. Excellent. So that's a pretty good overview. Let's switch our discussion uh, over to um, a little deeper discussion on the technology. Uh, so Brian, tell us what's behind the covers. Is this just a hypervisor slapped on uh, AWS's hardware? Tell us a little bit more about sort of what's behind there. Sure, yeah. So the, the great thing about this is there's so much being done behind the scenes that customers haven't had to worry about that we haven't really talked about that. So from the point of inception to you know the very first VMworld where we announced VMware Cloud on AWS, we said you get vSAN and NSX and, and vCenter, all these things running in the cloud for you delivered as a service. And then over time, we'd have people start asking, well, you know, is, is that it? And the, the answer to that is really no, that's not. It's, it's much more complex than that. But 
what we're trying to give to our customers is something that's very simple, very straightforward. So from the customer's perspective, and when they go ahead and deploy an SDDC, it's all very easy. It's very simple and, and you get the products and they work. Behind the scenes, we have a lot more. We have things like our, our identity and access services. We've got our billing services and subscriptions and, and our metrics and logging and alerts that allow us to uh, be notified if something is potentially going awry or uh, you know our, our uh, backup and upgrade services. We have all these additional services, dozens and dozens of them running behind the scenes to make sure that everything continues to run uh, as well or better than what you'd have in an on-prem environment. So, you know, it's, it's great to talk about the simplicity and everything from the customer's perspective. From VMware standpoint, we have a lot of additional architecture uh, that we've put into this and that we've jointly uh, engineered with uh, our, our partner, AWS. Interesting. How, how simple is it to spin up both, say, an entirely kind of new cluster versus adding a host to a cluster? How simple is it? Sure. Well, deploying an SDDC, it's it's literally like uh, three radio buttons, three drop-down options, two text boxes for you to to name your SDDC and choose an IP range, and two check boxes at the end to make sure that you understand that you're spinning something up and it will start to cost you. Uh, so all in all, there's about 10 clicks, and you mm -hmm. get an entire infrastructure, entire environment. If you want to add in another host, it's like three clicks. If you want to add in a whole other cluster, it's roughly three or four clicks. And, you know, adding in another host, it's roughly 10 minutes. So for a lot of customers who are, are forecasting out for their environments, you know, and they have to forecast almost a year in advance because many of our customers, it takes anywhere between six months and nine months for them to get the budget, get the allocations order the hardware, have it shipped, have it racked and stacked, have it configured, and then they get it, right? And so over those nine months, they're crossing their fingers that they don't run out of capacity, uh, but they also wanna make sure that they're not having a lot of capacity sitting idle. With VMware Cloud and AWS, it's a roughly a 10 minute ordeal to add in another host. So all that guessing is not needed anymore. Right, contrast that to ordering something online and waiting for the server to show up and plug it in. Um, the storage infrastructure, I think, is based on vSAN, and that gives us a couple of options. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the great thing about working with vSAN and, and well, with, with our whole uh, software-defined storage is we have the ability to add storage policies. So by default, depending on the number of hosts that are in the SDDC, you'll have a default storage policy of RAID 1 or RAID 5 or uh, I... I we maybe have one for RAID 6, depending on the, the number of hosts uh, that get added in initially. Uh, but you can go in and choose the RAID policies for each of your virtual machines or each of your VMDKs, uh, to be exact. And so not only from the abstracted layer do we have the ability to fine-tune and, and caress the, the needs of each workload, but vSAN underneath, we're, we're leveraging either NVMe drives within a host, depending on which hosts we're running on, uh, or EBS volumes. So the Elastic Block Store of Amazon, uh, we can run vSAN on that, and I, we call it Elastic vSAN, um, and that one is not tied to the host. So uh, some benefits there. Well, actually, let's let's take a step back and talk about the uh, the local NVMe. So uh, in these hosts, we have two different disk groups. Each one has a uh, uh, has capacity as well as the right cache. So uh, two disk groups per uh, per host. We've got 
uh, two drives that are in the write cache and then six drives that are capacity. It gives you about 10.2 terabytes of raw storage to work with NVMe. Um, and then depending on which RAID uh, you use and, and policies that you use for your different workloads, your mileage will vary as far as how far that takes you, right? Um, with the EBS-backed vSAN or Elastic vSAN, you have the ability to choose between 15 terabytes per host and 35 terabytes per host, and you can increment that in, in groups of five terabytes. So you're not tied to what's inside of your host at that point. And as your needs continue to grow, you can continue to expand your vSAN data store with uh, EBS, which is a fantastic model for, for people who have a very storage dependent or you know, large capacity needs for their environments. I, I've also heard that all of NSX is included as well, and that gives you kind of some unique uh, abilities. Say a few words about sort of the networking stack. Sure. So each host has a 25 gigabit connection uh, back into Amazon's infrastructure. And we use NSX for everything that we do uh, within our entire stack. So we've segmented out the management network and, and basically uh, enveloped that in its own security groups. And you'll have specific firewall rules uh, and things for just the management side, which is your vCenter, your NSX, your uh, HCX, any additional service that, that you add on will be part of the management side. And we keep that uh, extra secure. And then you've got the compute side that we basically open up for customers to do whatever they want. That's where their workloads are going to run. When you spin up an SDDC, every workload that you put in will be somewhere in the compute networking zone. Uh, and so customers can create segments, they can create IPsec VPNs, they can create layer two VPNs, uh, and they can do the things that they do with NSX on-premises too. So guest introspection, uh, distributed firewalls, micro-segmentation, uh, we, we basically give we're, we're basically giving customers the choice of where to run their workloads and we're trying to give them all the abilities that they'd have anywhere else running in VMware Cloud on AWS. Interesting. Talk about how this would all work in a hybrid situation. I suspect that um, not every customer is going to move their entire virtual infrastructure uh, as a unit over that there'll be sort of pieces on-prem and pieces in the cloud. Talk about sort of special support we might have for, for handling that kind of uh, arrangement. And Bill, you know, the point that you mentioned is really important, right? Because uh, a large majority of our customers are going to be in the hybrid uh, zone, right? Where they have a large footprint on-premises, they have uh, a footprint in VMware Cloud and AWS. You know, Brian, um, uh, you talk to us about how you would build that whole hybrid connectivity and, you know, the management of that. Sure. Yeah, so there's, there's two aspects to the hybridity here. Uh, and we're going to focus on the first one, which is hybrid between on-prem and the cloud. The other one that I'll briefly mention now, because we may come back to this in a later episode or at VMworld or whatnot, is the hybridity between your VMware stack and your AWS services. Um, and I won't go deep into that, but just the fact that we have the ability to do hybrid from on-prem to VMware Cloud on AWS, but also the VMware stack integrating with AWS services like EC2 and S3 and uh, RDS for databases and whatnot. Uh, so we can touch more on that later. But the on-prem side, it's pretty simple. Now, each customer, is <laughs> each customer kind of has a different uh, set of, of requirements, right? And um, so the basics here is that you need some type of connection between your on-prem environment and the cloud. 
right? Once we establish that, then it comes down to, well, how do we secure this? How, what kinds of speeds do we want? So let's break it down. I have my on-prem environment. I just spun up VMware Cloud on AWS. How do I get these talking to each other, right? The easiest, quickest way for most people is to spin up an IPsec VPN between the on-prem side and your cloud side. And the great thing is, the VMware Cloud on AWS side with NSX, you can do that straight from the console. You can create your, your VPN um, endpoint there. And then as long as you have some sort of either hardware or software IPsec VPN uh, to terminate in in your on-prem, you can connect those two. And all of a sudden, you open up a few firewall rules, your workloads can communicate with each other between the cloud and on-prem. Now, the thing that people have to keep in mind is obviously latency can be a, an issue for some of the latency sensitive workloads. And so if you're going to move workloads, you need to make sure that you move workloads that are going to be talking to each other and make sure that you don't have any performance degradation in that, in that regard. Uh, but one of the things that we do as well is similar to on-prem environments, we we, with the on-prem environments, we have uh, ELM or uh, enhanced link mode. And that basically says any vCenter servers that you have in the same SSO domain can essentially show up in a single pane of glass. When you log into your vSphere client, you can see all of your vCenters and go through your inventory and whatnot. The problem with that is that VMware Cloud on AWS is not part of the same SSO domain. So how do we handle this? Do we have to have two different tabs open at any given time for our, our cloud and our on-prem? And we, we knew very early on that that would not be acceptable. And so we've come up with two different solutions. The first is called HLM or hybrid link mode. Uh, and that allows you to connect your VMware Cloud on AWS account or environment to your on-prem identity store. So basically you can log in through VMware Cloud on AWS using your on-prem credentials and see and manage both environments uh, from, from a single window. Even though they're different SSO domains, we make it work with VMware Cloud on AWS. The, uh, the other option that we have is the vCenter Cloud Gateway Appliance. And that's one that you actually download from VMware Cloud on AWS. You deploy it into your on-prem environment, and it allows you to do basically the opposite thing. You can log in to this appliance that's sitting on-prem, and it ties back into your VMware Cloud on AWS environment, and you can see both, but you're logging in uh, with credentials and, and keeping that in the on-prem side. So all of a sudden, we now make it very easy to see inventory from both sides, making this truly hybrid, uh, being able to right click on, for example, a virtual machine and migrate it, cold migrate, vMotion, uh, whatever it may be, but you actually have complete visibility into both environments, even though they're part of different domains. That's a great transition because you just talked about vMotion and migration. So I'm a large customer, I've got um, you know, tens of thousands of virtual machines. How does migration work and how do I, if I'm taking a chunk of that, what does that process look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So like I said, it all depends on, on each person's use case. Uh, if we were to break it down into a, a simple way to look at all this, your on-prem environment, you have a requirement to get these workloads up to the cloud. You've got a few different ways you can do this, right? The, the easiest thing to do is to start looking at what, what workloads are talking to each other. Like we talked about before, you want your workloads that are talking heavily to each other to be near each other. So using something like Be Realize Network Insight is a great way to see what's talking to each other within the data center and creating basically a migration plan based off of that. Once you have that, the next step is to decide which of my workloads are what I would say maybe are mission critical or which ones cannot incur downtime versus the ones that can incur maybe 
a little bit of downtime versus those that we can power off and move across, which would be maybe our dev test environments. So once you kind of create these buckets of what type of availability these need during the transition, then you can start to decide how you're going to move these over. So we have a couple different ways that we can migrate from on-prem to the cloud or vice versa. Um, obviously, you can do vMotions, which are live zero, with, with no downtime. The issue with that is that you're, you're capped with bandwidth and the number of workloads you can move. If you can only move, for example, eight VMs at a time and you have 10,000 to move, uh, this, could, this is gonna take a while, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you could use things like cold migration or HCX, which HCX is included with VMware Cloud on AWS, and it allows you to migrate large numbers of workloads um, and have the, the potential for zero downtime, depending on which migration strategy you use. And some of them will allow you to, for example, replicate the uh, or seed your virtual machines up into VMware Cloud on AWS and then leverage uh, our vMotion technology to flip the final bits. So instead of actually doing a replication, deleting the on-prem side and powering on the cloud side, what we do is we seed it all first with vSphere replication, essentially in the back end. And then when we're ready for the cutover, which the customer can then choose when that cutover period is, it basically does a vMotion of the deltas, meaning that there's no downtime. We don't delete the on-prem side. We basically have, have migrated it all the way over. Um, but that way we can see terabytes and terabytes or even, you know, petabytes if we want to of data and then flip these over in our change window uh, that we have and do this in a fairly quickly manner. And, and this is and this is super important, right? Because when you think about it, right, we have customers that have moved hundreds and hundreds of workloads of virtual machines live without any downtime to VMware Cloud and AWS in days. Right. Mm -hmm. Compare that to uh, you know what it would take months and months of moving that if you want to like refactor. In fact, you know one of one of the uh, research companies uh, says that you know if you were to move hundred uh, VMware workloads or applications over to the cloud by refactoring them, it would take anywhere between like seven to seven point five years. Right, that's that's a long time. Uh, and you know with this with VMware Cloud and AWS and with HCX, you can just move hundreds of workloads within days. There's no retrofit required. There's no re-architecture required. You get all of the benefits that you want to, uh, you know, that you've been enjoying on-premises with vSphere and uh, you get all of that with VMware Cloud and AWS as well. Well, I, I think it's important to point out a couple different things here too, Sai. So why the, the, the thing I want to point out is why it's so easy, right? So the first is that we're not refactoring at all. The, the VMDKs and files that you have on-prem are going to be VMDKs and, and the same files in the cloud. So there's, there's no type of conversion there. We're basically copying this up. The next big point that I want to point out is the, the one of the hardest parts for customers is the networking and the re-IPing and rerouting and all of that. Um, and, and that can be uh, detrimental and in the sense of if you mess it up, your applications aren't going to work. And if you're taking the time to get it right, it can take weeks to months uh, or two years, as you say. With HCX, you can stretch your, your layer two networks from on-prem. So you have the ability to move these up without re-IPing, without re-networking. And HCX between its, its endpoints, both on-prem and in VMware Cloud and AWS, will create your layer two stretch networks for those VLANs. Uh, and, and that's one of the easy ways and um, 
benefits that we have with HCX to make it so easy and to make it so quick is that not only are we moving this up without having to, to convert the VM into another uh, type of, of file, um, but we're also not having to, if, if we choose not to, um, mess with the networking at all, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the things that makes this so easy. Excellent. So for our final question, let's talk a little bit about workloads because here to, heretofore we've been really talking about moving generic uh, virtual machines over. But um, I think that uh, I know there's some work going on about both VDI and database workloads. Um, can you, what can you say about those? Well, in like the two minutes that we have, not much. <laughs> this would be a great uh, follow-up episode to do with our, our apps team that works uh, VMware Cloud and AWS focused on our, our applications. Basically, what I'll, I'll leave you with here for our last few minutes is, you know, we have VDI working with uh, Citrix can run on VMware Cloud on AWS. Horizon can run on VMware Cloud. It does run on VMware Cloud on AWS as well. Uh, it just works, right? Uh, we're working very closely with uh, with our engineering teams and AWS's engineering teams as well as with our partners to make sure that critical applications work in the cloud. And the great thing is because we're running the same infrastructure and powered by, you know, cloud foundations, this stuff, it's not going to be hardly any differences between this and on-prem, if any, right? It's it's uh, ensuring that things work well, and so we're going through and doing performance testing. We're we're trying all these things out to make sure that that they work as expected, and and they are, right? So I I'd say that the uh, the biggest thing about this is, uh, you know, we're trying it out. We're we're getting things certified, um, but it's. It, the magic of running VMware anywhere is that it doesn't really matter where it is. If, if you're running VMware as the, uh, the base underlying infrastructure, uh, you're good to go. Excellent. Well, that's our episode for today. Uh, I want to remind everybody, if you want to get your hands on this, to go to http colon slash slash vmwa.re slash vmc dash hol and you'll see it on the screen. Make sure you try the uh, VMware Cloud on AWS hands-on lab. There's also plenty of news on our blog at cloud.vmware.com slash community, and uh, plenty of information that you can find out and great ways to use the service. And so, uh, I wanna, on behalf of my co-hosts, Sai Gopalan and Brian Graff. This is Bill Roth saying thank you for listening to another episode of VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged. Thank you. <laughs>